This morning, our Old Testament reading comes to us from the uh, prophet Isaiah, the 64th chapter. Isaiah is speaking to the Lord and asking that the Lord uh, come down and save his people from their sin, from themselves, essentially. Even though they don't deserve it, he knows that only God himself can save us from ourselves. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries and that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness, those who remember you in your ways. Behold, you were angry, and we sinned. In our sins we have been a long time, and shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind. Take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please look, we are all your people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading uh, comes to us from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthian church, chapter 1. St. Paul is grateful for the grace that has been given to the Corinthian church. He is grateful that they have heard the message of Christ, and he wants them to know that that message is the one they should cling to throughout their days. St. Paul writes, Grace and peace to you, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. That in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please rise as we hear from the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 11th chapter. 
The church year and the season of Advent be, always begin in the same way. They begin with the telling of the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, showing us the true reason for his coming, ultimately his Advent. When they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and we'll send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the field. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace. Mercy and peace be to each and every one of you through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's that time of year where we begin to prepare our hearts, our homes, our tables, and our trees for the Christmas celebration. And there's always, as the 25th draws nearer and nearer, we feel a need to remind ourselves. To remind ourselves of what it is that we are celebrating. Because it's easier and easier to lose sight of the true meaning of Christmas. And so we, we come up with these pithy sayings, right? We say, keep Christ in Christmas. Or maybe even remember the, the reason for the season. Now, of course, I believe it is important for us to remember Christ and to keep him at the forefront of our minds. But in this season of Advent, we actually need to take that a step further. It's not enough just to remember who we are preparing to meet, but why we are preparing to meet him. We don't just keep our hearts and minds on this idea of a baby in a manger, but we need to keep our hearts and minds focused on his purpose, what he's doing, why he's coming into our world. Because that's what the word Advent means. It's from the Latin, and it means coming. And so Advent, for four weeks, prepares our hearts for the coming of Christ. Advent helps us to take a step back from the manger. We take a step back from that, from the angels and the shepherds and, and, and the baby and the Virgin Mary, even though we're, we're ready to jump right into that story, we're ready to start celebrating all of that, that, that wonderful stuff surrounding Christmas, we must take a step back and consider what Christ is doing. 
that he is entering our human story. And that's why every church year, every Advent, we begin with the same account from Scripture. We begin with the triumphal entry. Again, we're ready for that baby Jesus, but here we have fully grown Jesus. We have 33-year-old Jesus on a donkey. That's not very Christmassy. We don't really decorate our homes with pictures of him on a donkey, but we put mangers up and manger scenes and all that. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I want to I iterate that. But why do we begin with this Palm Sunday reading? Because we are to keep in mind that the same reason for Jesus' advent into Jerusalem on a donkey, again, advent means coming, his advent into Jerusalem on a donkey is the same reason for his advent in the manger in Bethlehem. He comes to die. And that's not all that pleasant to think about in the time of Christmas. We love the angels and the shepherds and the cute baby boy, but to think the reason for his arrival, his advent, is death. And not only that, but the sacrifice that he is going to make is because of me. Because I am a sinner. Because I make mistakes. I disobey and because of that, Christ must enter our lives. Christ must secure for us forgiveness from the Father. Christ must undergo the entirety of God's wrath. Christ must fight for our salvation. His advent into Jerusalem brings about an unpleasant reality for us. Because we know as this reading normally comes up for us in our minds, it's that, that Sunday before Good Friday. We're preparing our minds for that dark day, that dark Good Friday where the pyramids are black and the lights are dimmed and we hear of all the terrible things Christ must go through. That reading precedes that, reading precedes that dark and terrible day. And here it precedes the entirety of our church year. And so we must look forward and consider why that baby is adventing into Bethlehem and why that man is adventing into Jerusalem. Because we deserve nothing but condemnation. Because we deserve death. And that's why Advent is not just the time for preparing our homes, preparing our decorations and our food, even though those things are good and they're wonderful and we should revel in them. But we also must reflect and repent. We turn from our sins. We begin our church year by turning from the grudges that we have held the unforgiveness that is in our hearts to others. We must turn from the words that we use to cut others down. We must turn from the pride or selfishness that we feel that we can't get over because of something going on in my life. 
we are reminded of the why of the season. The why is so that Jesus could enter our earthly story and die for us. Keep in mind your repentance and your self-reflection as I read again this account from Isaiah. Isaiah, of course, is speaking specifically about the Israelites of his time, but I want you to put yourselves in the shoes of those Isaiah is describing. Because Isaiah is pleading to the Lord here. He says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness and those who remember you in your ways. Behold, you were angry and we sinned. In our sins, we have been a long time. And shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please look. We are all your people. Isaiah catalogs the Lord's wrath and righteousness and how we deserve that. We deserve God's anger. And he would have every right to sweep us away. But not only do, is the reason for Christ coming our sin, but more importantly, the reason for Christ coming is his love. It's because of his grace, because of his mercy. He sees us in our wretched state. He sees us in our disobedience, he sees us steeped in our sin, headed towards death, deserving wrath, deserving damnation, and he has mercy and pity on us, a broken people, and rends the heaven, tears them apart, comes down as one of us, entering our human story, and suffers in our place. Instead of sweeping us away in his righteous wrath, he opens the heavens and comes down, sending his very son to receive the entirety of the wrath we deserve. And so he gives us the greatest, the most gracious gift in all of history. Forgiveness, redemption, and salvation. Sure, we can look at the the. the the Christ entering into Jerusalem, the same Christ who entered into Bethlehem. And we should look at our sins and repent, but also look at those moments as God's grace-filled love for you. 
That even though we can't earn it, even though we can't deserve it, even though we should be on the receiving end of God's wrath, we aren't. Because of his undying and unending love for you and for me. So yes, we celebrate. Yes, we revel. Yes, we keep in mind what Christ has done for us from the cross but we do it all in the knowledge that he does it because of his love for you and for me. His forgiveness and his grace. Not because we've been good enough, but because he sees us, he loves us, and he has come to us in the manger, on the donkey, on the cross, from the tomb, and to advent once more to Come and take us all with him into the eternity in the new Jerusalem, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. I invite you.